motherhood, and work. There isn't a right way or best way to juggle these, despite what you've heard or been told. No, really, there's not. Part-time work has been the best fit for me and my family, but it's tough to navigate any gray area of motherhood when you don't fit neatly in a box. My name is Tiana Fesh, and welcome to the Part-Time Jungle Podcast, where we are going to build conversation and community around swinging motherhood and work in a way that works best for us and our families. No matter your path, it's an adventure with highs, lows, and in-betweens. Let's explore together. Welcome to the Part-Time Jungle Podcast. Thank you for joining us. I'm so excited to be here with our guests today. Julie Friedman-Smith and Gail Bell of Parenting Power are Canada's go-to parenting team. 18 years ago, they began bringing aha moments to parents, teachers, and caregivers with a collection of practical, easy-to-use tools, simplifying their days and strengthening the connection with the children in their lives. Their real-life parenting podcast, blogs, and content have made a difference in the lives of thousands as they share their secrets to enhancing connection to self, creating more time in each day, and decreasing the high level of parenting stress that gets in the way of parenting with calm and confidence. I'm so appreciative of both of you sharing your time with us today. We're really happy to be here. I'm Julie. And I'm Gail. Thank you both. So we are obviously in the midst of some incredibly challenging times. We are literally in a state of emergency (laughs) with the coronavirus pandemic. Schools are closed. Childcare facilities are closed. Some workplaces are closed. And many people are working from home. Libraries and recreation facilities are now closed. (laughs) And we are talking about social distancing. All of this can be incredibly stressful for our kids and can place great strain on families as they try to navigate greatly impactful changes and anxious times. So coronavirus is all over the news and social media. It is what everyone is talking about. And there are things that are directly impacting our children in significant ways. So I'm wondering if... um, Either of you or both can talk to us about ways that we can talk to our kids about this and also what are some tools that we can use to help to alleviate their anxiety. Right. Well, Julie and I'll try to compliment each other and not um, talk over each other, but <laughs> we, we have lots to share because kids, kids are our life. We, we love kids and we know how capable kids are. So you're right. This is something none of us have ever, ever experienced. So the number one important thing that we need to do as adults is be the adult. And it's, we're not saying we have to be perfect, but we do have to manage our own anxiety if we have it, because our children um, learn way more from our actions, even than our words. So that's the, you know, that's the number one thing is we just have to manage our own anxiety. And then the second, not to say that we can't show that we have fear or anything, but it's, it's how we do it. And if we're even modeling to our kids that we're managing our own fear, 
um, or our own emotions and we're talking about them and, and talking to them about how we're doing it, that's great. Now, we don't want to be doing that all the time either. And, and we'll get to that when we talk about making a plan with your family. We also need to meet our kids where, where they are. And we talk a lot about this in everything. So this doesn't even change when we're talking about emotions. So, um, you know, with the little wee ones, you don't want to start filling them with information they don't need. You need to start by just asking them, well, what do you think? What have you heard about this? And, um, and kind of leave it at that. If they're not asking you big questions, don't, don't be putting stuff into their little brains that they don't need to know. Um, most little ones are pretty happy that they're home with their parents. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yes. <laughs> you know, and then, you know, as the, as the kids get older, you know, um, school age and high school, we have to be really careful about what they're reading and listening to. Um, and again, we'll talk a little bit more clearly about that when we talk about making a plan, which is hugely important. But, you know, again, we sit down and say, well, what are you thinking? What are you hearing? Here's what I'm hearing. And maybe clarify some of the stuff because we know lots of people uh, blow it out of proportion sometimes, not to say this isn't out of proportion, <laughs> but uh, we really just need to be listening to them and, and setting aside um, time about that the and and along with that is the, is that we always need to be truthful don't say things that aren't truthful be honest if you don't know say i don't know if it's are you worried yes i am but this is how mom is managing her worry and i've got we've got things that we can do as a family as well so be truthful um, and then the, a really big one is just providing that sense of control. And, and we always talk about this to parents. So what can we do? Well, we can, with the little ones, wash our hands and keep our hands away from our face, you know. And then um, with maybe teenagers, what, what are you in control of? You're in control of how often you're looking at your social media feed. You are in control of that and we'll help you do that. And then I think the final thing is, it's just that this is the new normal. Lots of people are using that language. So I uh, Julie and I think it's great language. It's not our language, but it's language we're now using as well, saying, well, this is our new normal. And how do we make it normal? So I think those, those tips are really, really important. No, that's fantastic. Thank you. I would just, the only thing I would add to that, and it's really just building on what Gail said, is that there are definitely times, and Gail and I talk to each other multiple times a day, and there are times where that little monster in your head is just saying, oh my gosh, this is really scary, what do I do? And it's really easy to have those voices in your head start to take over. And part of our job is to realize that they're there and say, yeah, I know you're here, and what am I in control of, and how am I managing this? And if you need to talk with a friend, to, to voice those and get them out or write them down in a journal. I'm, I'm personally finding that I'm holding them in my body. All of a sudden I'll find, oh my gosh, my, my neck is sore. Oh, my tummy is really tense and reminding myself to take a deep breath. And I'm also sharing that with the people around me, like my family. And especially if you have little kids, you know, let's, let's just take some deep breaths and shake this out just so that we're sharing some coping strategies as well as just a, a, instead of just sharing the worry, but not really talking about how to manage it. Yeah, absolutely. And I think we, our family, we have three kids and they range in age from eight to 13. And we're definitely having some different conversations with each of them. Mm -hmm. um, but absolutely, 
having um, some of those strategies in place, like taking those deep breaths and even just getting some fresh air and getting outside, moving, doing something fun together has been helpful for us too. Remembering to laugh and smile and and have some good times to the, together and to connect together is important as well. Sure. Um, which leads us to another question that I wanted to ask both of you. Um, families are obviously under a great deal of stress right now. And for many families, parent work juggles have changed um, because now there's more people working at home with kids at home as well. So do you have any strategies or tips that could help families to navigate this? Well, we have lots and we're happy to share them. So I'm going to jump in and start. And then I know Gail will follow up. I was coaching a client last night and we were talking exactly about this because mom and dad in this family are both now working from home and they both have jobs that still need them to be working fairly efficiently. And what their family decided to do, and it's something that we've been talking about with parents, is uh, dad, mom is working in the morning. She's getting up a little earlier. She is not on duty with the kids. Her job is to stay in her office at home and work. And dad is handling the breakfast situation with the kids, getting them ready and, and handling their morning. They're meeting together at lunch. And then dad is going upstairs to the office and he's working for the afternoon and mom's kind of on call. It's not that the, that the others aren't working, but they're working intermittently. They're, they're setting the kids up with something to do, working for a little bit, and then doing something with the kids. And that's how their family has chosen to manage it. And for every family, it's going to be different. But I love the way parents are putting a plan in place. And that's really the number one thing that we are really encouraging parents to do. And not only to put the plan in place, but also to share it with kids. Because kids, if they're, over, if, they're, if they're used to spending their days outside of the house, then wherever they're spending their days, whether it's a day home or daycare or preschool or school, they have a schedule already. Their teachers go through, what day is it today? It's Wednesday, March 18th, and the snow is falling, and there's gray sky. They do a whole series of what the day is like, and then the younger kids do, and then they know they have a routine that they follow. So now they're at home. It feels like the parents are at home too. So is this just a holiday? Do we hang around all together? Well, no, not really. So we need to build some structure in there for them and let them know these, this is the plan that the day is going to take. It doesn't have to be a minute by minute plan, but just an idea of when kids are going to be expected to play on their own, when they're going to be able, expected to pitch in with the chores, when everybody's going to get outside. And the moment we let them know that at the beginning of the day and have it written down so that they can see it and get their little paws on it, we want it somewhere at their eye level, then we, have, we can stop being bossy. Because I think one of the things that parents are feeling right now, we've been talking to so many parents over the last few days, as you can imagine, is that they're just nagging and nagging and nagging. And the moment you have that schedule up there and you've gone through it with your kids, then when they come over and say, well, what are we doing now? You can say, well, what does the schedule say? Let's check. And then instead of bossing people around and telling them what to do, you're encouraging your kids to take some responsibility and be involved. So that just minimizes the amount of just griping at each other that's happening every day. That's where I would start. Gail, do you want to follow up from there? Yeah, just two things to add is um, when parents are with their kids, they need to be with their kids. Mm. It's not about dividing. If you're sitting and working and, and thinking you're still with your kids, your kids are not feeling that. So parents have to be very aware that they can't divide their attention all day. There has to be some 
complete kid time in there. And if you fill them, so to speak, with your full attention, no phones, no laptops, and play with them or do something with them, then they're, they're basically filled and you are setting them and you up for success for maybe the next hour on your own. The other thing is Julie addressed um, younger kids very well. It's um, I'm hearing from a lot of uh, neighbors and clients about um, teenage kids mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and thinking they can be on their phones all day, not really wanting to help. And that's taking the time again to make a schedule. You make that schedule with them. You don't produce a schedule to a teenager and say, and here's what you're going to do today. So we, that's something we have to do with them. And we do it in a calm time, not after we've just had a blow up. It's like, wow, we don't know how long this will be. Um, but we need to set all of us up for success. So you do tell them when they can have their screen, not that they can't have it. You do tell them that that's part of their lives. So you include that in the plan, but you also include when a teenager needs to get out of their bedroom and get some fresh air. And that part of the day might not be a choice. So you give them lots of choices and, and set it up. And, and, you know, um, Today, as I was sweeping my sidewalk off early in the morning before my run, I thought, why am I doing this? This is the perfect thing for my 16-year-old to do later today. So, um, you know, we just need to, to think about that. No, I think that's great. Like that initial investment in setting everybody up for success and creating that plan and having that laid out. Um, it's, it's worth that investment because it will create that greater sense of calm and a, a sense of routine in this time where I think there's so much, there's so many unknowns and it feels a little bit chaotic, I think, for everybody. For sure. I just thought of another, another amp, part of the answer to that question, if I, if I may. Um, there's so much stuff. So as parents, we need to have a little dose of how many times do I need to look on my social media every day because it's really easy to just get swallowed up by that as well but um, when we're seeing that we're seeing that some of the people on our social media feeds have already set up full lesson plans and they're doing all day all day teaching with their kids and they've discovered all sorts of things and their kids have tried three different new things a day and blah 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 and then there are other parents feeling like what like I don't even know what I'm doing I'm not a teacher I'm a engineer or I'm a something else. So I think it's really important, at least short term here, because we're all just getting used to this, to set ourselves up for success and to realize that we don't have to keep up with the Joneses. Our main goal is to keep everybody safe and be respectful of each other. And, and, and that's where to start. And if you want some ideas about educating your kids, there's lots of information available. Mm-hmm. Uh, Julie, Van, Julie Van Rosendahl's sister, Allison Van Rosendahl, is tweeting a bunch of great ideas. She has tons of educational background, and she's got some really great slides up on her, on her Twitter feed of just things that parents can know as they're stepping into this, or if they're even thinking about stepping into it, and it's really calming. So don't hold yourself accountable to do these grandiose things. Kids are always learning and kids learn well by playing and and just exploring and being creative. So don't feel like you've suddenly, in addition to working from home, now have to become a fully educated teacher because you don't have to do that. Some people love doing that. There are lots of people who know how to do that. But if you don't, you're not a bad parent. Don't add it to your list of things that you're freaking out about. I am so glad that you brought that up because I think that is 
uh, a definite concern um, for a lot of parents because social media can be a wonderful thing, but I think a lot of parents are looking at what is out there on social media and just probably feeling completely overwhelmed. Mm -hmm. And I think that you're absolutely right. And I will make a point of sharing um, a link to those resources in the show notes um, with our listeners as well. So thank you for mentioning those. That's fantastic. Great. And that leads really nicely actually into what I wanted to uh, talk with you about next. So I know that recently you launched, uh, Parent Parenting Power launched a stay-at-home family challenge. And I love this because it's not a set schedule, but um, it's an interesting challenge that I'll let you speak more about. But I want, uh, I would love if you would share why you created it and how families can get involved. Well, our thank you. I'm glad you love it. And I'm glad you're giving us an opportunity to share it because it's really our goal always is to help parents feel confident and capable. So in the moment they can stay calm. And especially right now, that is harder to do sometimes. Um, a lot of Gail and I were actually just talking last week about it, like ironically, just talking last week about how much parenting seems to be outsourced and life seems to be outsourced or seemed to be last week when things seemed normal <laughs> because we outsource our food shopping and we outsource our, um, you know, our meal prep and we, and we take our kids, either our kids are in childcare or we're taking our kids to lessons on how to ride a bike and we're taking our kids to lessons of how to do things. And then on the weekends, we're taking kids to, and I'm saying we, and it's not, we're not doing that. Our kids are older, but parents are often feeling, we've heard from some of our coaching clients, I can't have them in the house. They'll wreck everything. I need to get them out and I need to get them doing things. And, and it's just go, go, go. Well, boom, <laughs> not, yeah. I don't think we caused it, but <laughs> suddenly there's no outsourcing. We can't outsource almost anything in terms of parenting. So now we're full on. And Gail and I really, really wanted to help parents have a place to start so that we made sure that there's some kind of a schedule and there's some that kids are getting what they need. And what kids really need, they need us to be reading with them or to them or around them so that that reading continues. They need movement. They need physical movement multiple times a day. They need to be getting outside. They need to be involved in helping to make the house run. Normally they aren't involved in such a big way because they're not there. But right now they have time and there's things that still need to be done. Laundry still happening. Meal prep is still happening all sorts of cleaning things are still happening. So how do we involve the kids in that? Uh, they want time with us, as Gail was saying. They need, kids spell love, T-I-M-E. So they need us to be with them. And they need time for creativity and they need to be getting enough sleep. All of these things we thought, how can we make this so that parents actually can do this without feeling overwhelmed? So we put it all into a, a challenge. The challenge is gonna run for four weeks just to get everybody into a good habit. But the reality is, that we're extending that challenge over the space of five weeks. So if parents are only getting it to, to it today or whatever, whenever they're listening to this, that's fine. There are some prizes, but it's not about the prizes. It's about the prize of the fact that everybody in the family feels calm and like they have a sense of what they're doing. So you can head on over to our Facebook page. That's probably the best way to find it, Parenting Powers Facebook page. You can sign up and every week we'll have a check-in to see how it's going. And you can download the, the little checklist so it's a great way for your family to work together. Hey, have we done this today? Great. Let's check that off our list. Have we been outside today? Fantastic. Let's give a check mark for that and just get everybody on side. And in the first week, the, the 
chore, the, the, the special, I don't know what to call it, but the special challenge of the week is creating that family schedule. That's what is the first week, because once we've done that, everything can get easier. So the easiest way to do it is just head over to our Facebook page and download the information and sign up and get started. That's fantastic. Thank you so much. Um, I think, as you said, it's, it's a really accessible way for families to get started in building a plan and supporting their families in the really important ways. So I think it's going to be a great tool for families uh, during this time and in general. <laughs> uh, and before we wrap things up, I just wanted to ask if either of you have any final thoughts or words of wisdom for our listeners who are looking for some support and encouragement in navigating this challenging time with their families. I think Julie and I just want everybody to know that if they need help, we're here. Um, also, start small. So mm -hmm. if, you're, if your kids have never done chores around the, class, uh, the home, don't all of a sudden give them 10. Maybe start with one. Get them feeling good that they're helping. Um, you are a model. You are modeling for your children. So, you know, that is something in your control. Be a good model. Don't be watching. Netflix at 11, go to bed. So sleep is uh, up maybe our, our last. No, I've got one more thing to say. Yeah. <laughs> we always say. Sleep's hugely important, perhaps the most important thing. So don't let those family sleep times get later just because we think we can sleep in. That's not good for our brain development or our body or our health. Um, and know that there are more teachable moments in the home than you would ever find in a classroom. So, um, you know, model and okay, I promise this is the last one. <laughs> Turn the news off. Yes. Yeah. Maybe look at it once a day. You are modeling great things for your kids. Do not have that television on with that constant negative feed. Yeah. Those great. Yeah. Great, great ideas, Gail. And what, we're here. Parenting Power is here. There's tons of information on our blog, on our Facebook page. We also have on our website, parentingpower.ca, we have email questions. So you can head over there. If you have a question, how do I do this? What do I do? Plop it in, in the email question thing and we'll get an answer to you as quickly as we can, definitely within 48 hours, but we, it'll be coming much faster right now. And we guarantee you that if you, you have this question, you are not alone. And that's what we do. We help parents and we have been doing this for 18 years. So when it seems like, oh my gosh, there's no answer to this question, there is an answer. We've already answered it. I guarantee you <laughs> and we will get back to you and we will help you to find out A, that what's happening to you is perfectly normal. You are not a bad person. You are not a bad parent. We're just going to give you some language and some tools to use right away that are going to make things easier. So if anybody needs us, you know where to find us. And, uh, and we look forward to supporting parents and watching parents learn how to feel even better about their parenting as we move forward through this crazy time. Yes. <laughs> Julie and Gail, thank you both so much for sharing your ideas and your tools and your strategies with us today. I will make sure to share in the show notes um, where the best places are to find you and where people can find out more information about your stay at home family challenge. So again, thank you for joining us. This was so appreciated. Our pleasure. Thanks. 
Thank you so much for listening to the Part-Time Jungle Podcast. I'm your host, Tiana Fesh. You can find me on Instagram and Facebook at Part-Time Jungle and on my website, www.theparttimejungle.com. I would love if you would subscribe to, rate, and review this podcast. Your feedback and support are so appreciated. See you next time where we will continue to explore the motherhood jungle together.